Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is New Bedford's news talk station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. And welcome back in. Hour number two here on Monday morning. And uh, happy Monday to you also Happy birthday going out to a special little lady. Today is the 11th birthday of my niece, Lily. So happy 11th birthday to you. And I hope that 11 is the best year yet. I remember when I was 11 years old. It was a a very interesting time for me because that's when I started to get into music a little bit deeper. That's when I started to, that's that's when I really started to get into kind of older music, not just the music that I was hearing on the radio that my friends were listening to. And that's when I got into Stephen King. So that was some of the best stuff that I ever discovered. But if you, uh, if you, if you're not into those kind of things, Hey, I totally understand. Uh, for me, it was a big year of changes. We had, uh, we had, what was I in fifth, was that fifth grade? And we had moved. We went from where I'd lived for a couple of years in Plymouth to Sandwich, which was a bit of a culture shock. But that's all right. All, all that made me into the person that I am. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Good morning. What's on your mind? I just wanted to remind the people in Fairhaven that today there is a vote on the passing or non-passing of Proposition 2.5. Um, I know I have my preference on which way I'd like this to go, but I would really like to see more than 10% of the registered voters tell the other 90% of the registered voters how to run the town it's always disappointing when you don't see a good voter turnout so uh, so why don't you i mean i know you said you don't want to tell everybody you know the way that you're voting but uh tell everybody what this issue is about just remind them of of why they are looking to have a prop two and a half override well they're looking for the two and a half override due to the fact that costs are rising in the town more than the two and a half will allow them to pay for. Uh, Personally, I feel that we all have our own budget we have to live within, and right now with the increased cost to the town, they're not living within their budget. I think it's like like a $450,000 difference, right? Shortfall. 
Yes, it is. Uh, they make note of what major items we may be losing in the town if this does not pass. But besides the major items that they're speaking of, there are other parts of the town that I feel cuts could be possibly made. Um, and this isn't a one-time deal. Once this, if this, if this is passed, this will go on and on at an increasing rate. Not to mention the specter in the future saying this override would possibly only be good for a couple years before they had to go for an additional override. Or also trim the budget. Or trim the budget, which is something that if I'm spending too much money in my household, I have to learn how to live within my budget. Um, seeing re new hiring or replacement hiring when it would be easier to, as somebody would leave the service of the town, not to rehire because with the possibility of having to pay unemployment uh, as an additional cost, would it be good either? So, I mean, if, if eventually the, the solution is the cuts have to be made at some point, it sounds like you just want them to be made now. I would like to, well, I thought they should have been made before there was a dis deficit. You see your, your department or division is having an issue well, we have to start making cuts now to reduce this as much as possible. The original figure <clears throat> was more than 450000 So some cuts had been made, but not to the amount that needed to be made. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but, yeah, today the voting is from 10 to 8. The only thing on the vote is that question, which even having... A vote today costs the town a good $10,000, which was something I wasn't aware of before, which I found astounding. Yeah, I mean, any election is bound to cost at least, at least between five dollars and $10,000, I would think. But, uh, yes, I, I see a lot of signs in the town. I know there are people that are active on both sides of it. As long as they spend the time today voting, and I'd love to, like I said, I'd love to see a great voter turnout. I think, I think there will be. I mean, I've, uh, you know, we've had a lot of calls about it. I've seen a lot of comments about it on social media. I think you will get a good, good amount of people that turn out for this. No matter how it shakes out, I think you'll have a lot of people having their voices heard. Because the vote, the increase will not only be for residential people, it, it's also for businesses. And, what happens besides if businesses go, if they get hit for an additional cost, that usually comes down, trickles down to you or in your home, something that you may be buying or a service. Mm -hmm. So besides you having your own residential taxes going up, you will still get the business bump back that's coming your way also. And when you get your bill in the mail... There is no place you can go for an override. It is now your problem. Absolutely. Well, let's hope everybody does get out there and vote, and we'll uh, we'll let you know the results as soon as we know them. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye -bye. And uh, if anybody wants to call in and sound off on that, 508-996-0500. It's – listen, I understand. There's, there is a shortfall, just about a half a million dollar shortfall. 
and I get that they want to keep the level of service that they're able to offer. But I've always looked at prop two and a half overrides as something that you do when you need something. You know, when when um, usually they will, they'll propose it for something to do with building a new school. Or uh, I know that they proposed one in Freetown for funding their portion of the new Bristol Plymouth school because they were going to be joining Bristol Plymouth. If I have all of that correct, if I'm remembering correctly. So as, as becoming a member school of the Bristol Plymouth um, vocational district, they had to then pay their share of this new building that was being built, which of course is being mostly built with state money, but all the, all the member towns had to pay something. And so they were going to do a prop two and a half override to pay for what they had to kick into that so that they could get their students into that school sooner rather than later. And I've seen other towns that have done it for building new police stations. In fact, in Wareham, it's been proposed a couple of times to fund a building of a new police station because the town desperately needs a new police station. And it seems like every time it's brought up, it gets, you know, pushed pushed aside on the town meeting agenda or whatever, you know, wherever the decisions are made that particular year. They say, no, no, we can't. Well, maybe next time we can do the police station. Meanwhile, you have, you know, the, the front stairs of the police station roped off because they're dangerous and they're falling apart and nobody can use them. So I've never understood why that has been such a struggle to get that built. And, and really, they need a new facility. But at the very least, there's got to be something that can be done to the front of that facility. Just completely wipe that out and start from scratch. Use the back door until it's done. There's got to be something that can be done. But that's the kind of things that I see a Prop 2.5 override being used for. Not a budget shortfall. Not something that should have been better planning, but... We'll see how it shakes out. There's also town meeting tomorrow in Dartmouth as well. They've got some things that they're going to be deciding, uh, including adding two positions to the town employee, you know, adding two town employees to handle some different functions, uh, some stuff with the schools, but also a very interesting question, which I think is something that is going to to resonate with other communities here on the South Coast because... One of the questions is in regards to donation bins and limiting of donation bins in town, you know, where you can put them and where you can't put them, and also requiring them to be registered so that you don't just drop a donation bin somewhere, people come and trash it, and then nobody ever comes to clean it up, and there's no nobody knows who actually is responsible for it. You know, you can see on the side of it whatever the name of the organization is, but who is locally responsible for coming and picking that up and, and clearing it up and cleaning up anything that people dump that shouldn't be there? And we're going to see more of those kind of things happening now with these new laws, these new restrictions, I should say, that were passed, that went into effect last November. Or if you don't remember, you can't just throw clothing in the trash anymore. If something doesn't fit, you can't just toss it in the trash. And I think a lot of people don't do that anyway. 
But to those who do, the only clothing that can go in the trash are things that are ripped, things that are soiled with things like blood and, and human waste, or things that have you know cleaning products on them. So yeah, you, you didn't use that shirt anymore, but then you turned it into a, a, a waxing rag. And then you threw it in the trash. But you'd, you'd already use it for something. And so with that, with all of these restrictions now, and I don't know that somebody's going through the trash. I haven't thrown away anything that I wasn't supposed to. I mean, I have to at some point spend some time going through all my clothes and picking out what I'm going to keep and what I need to donate. But... I can't imagine somebody sitting there going through all this trash and figuring out, well, this person dumped this and this person dumped that and, you know, we've got to find them now. And what is the penalty for doing it? They weren't clear about that. So I think it was just kind of, I mean, you remember, we talked about it, I talked about it quite a bit on my on my 9 o'clock show where they were telling you, like, take a pair of old jeans and use them as insulation in your attic. What was the other one? There was another one they told you, like, stuff it in your pillow. What was it old socks or something? Stuff them in your pillow. I, I don't remember. But some of them were really out there suggestions. And, I, and nobody's going to do that. But people are going to go and bring them these donation bins if they know they can't put them in the trash. That's what you want. You want people to donate clothing that can be reused again. But if nobody's keeping track of these donation bins and and keeping them clean, it's going to turn into a disaster. And let's face it, some of them already are. Some of them have just become a dumping ground for things that people don't want. Like nobody's taking that broken baby stroller that you left by by the Planet Aid dumpster. Nobody's taking that. That's going in the trash. So throw it in your own trash. But uh, it might cost somebody. It might cost somebody a couple of bucks to throw that away. They'd rather just leave it at the donation bin. Let it, let it be somebody else's problem. That was why there was so much issue with uh, with savers. Remember, savers got fined for for all the stuff that they had behind there. It's because people were leaving stuff that they couldn't do anything with, and they were overwhelmed by it. So that's why I think, yeah, the the thing being proposed in Dartmouth is a good idea. There should be a, a paper trail to follow and say, okay, you're the person responsible for this. Come and get this mess. Or at least it might not even be, you know, an overflowing mess. It might just be that it's full. They need to know who to contact to have them come and pick it up. And so some very interesting things going on at the very local level this week, today and tomorrow. And uh, get out there and take part, whether it is voting today in the election in Fairhaven for the Proposition 2.5 question or whether it is taking part in town meeting in Dartmouth tomorrow. I'm going to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we can talk more with you, 508-996-0500, or hit us up on App Chat or open line voicemails on the WBSM app. And welcome back in. Some good news for Celtics fans you might not have been happy with how the season ended. You might be upset with how things went with, especially with the coaching. Some folks are not thrilled with the fact that Brad Stevens came out and said that Joe Missoula is their guy, that he's sticking around and he will remain the head coach of the Boston Celtics, that uh, Brad Stevens feels like he learned from his mistakes and he learned from some of the things 
that uh, happened over the course of the season. I believe the phrase that Brad used is that he had kind of matured in dog years uh, over the course of this year. So some people aren't totally, totally on board with that plan. But there is some good news that was reported uh, by The Athletic over the weekend. And it's something that I heard on a podcast. There's a great podcast that's on Showtime with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. It's called Ticket and the Truth. And, I mean, Kevin Garnett is just, just as nuts on this as he was as a player, and it's a lot of fun to watch. But they were both talking about how they feel like Sam Cassell would have been a good fit for the Celtics coaching staff. And they have, according to The Athletic, they have grabbed him up. Sam Cassell will be joining Joe Mazzulla's staff, presumably to be the lead assistant. So Cassell is actually somebody who has been a head coaching candidate for a number of different jobs, including he was with Doc Rivers for a number of years and with him in Philadelphia. And he was interviewed, I guess, for the Philadelphia head coaching position when they fired Doc Rivers. However, the Sixers opted to go with Nick Nurse instead. So now Cassell is looking for was looking for a team to to latch on to for this season and of course he's a great fit to give Joe Missoula a guy with a lot of experience, a lot of experience playing in the league, a guy who has won a championship and let's face it, a guy that the players on that team are going to listen to. Sam Cassell won a championship in Boston. In 2008, it's where he ended his playing career. He is one of the most respected people in the NBA, both as a player and as a coach. So it's only a good thing that they're adding him. And you know what the the secret thing here is that nobody's going to say out loud? Is if things don't work out with Joe Mazzulla and they have to cut ties with him... Well, then you've got a guy who a lot of people think should be a head coach in the NBA waiting in the wings. So it's a it's a win-win in either situation. If Joe Mazzulla does blossom into the coach that Brad Stevens feels like he's going to be, then you've got Sam Cassell helping to guide him. And a year or two of doing that will only help Sam Cassell secure a head coaching job. But on the other side of it, if he fails... It certainly won't be because of Sam Cassell, and that will give Sam Cassell a shot at running the club. So smart, smart signing for both sides. And no matter what happens with Missoula, I think you're going to have a lot of impact having Sam Cassell talk to Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, all these other guys. Because he is going to have that gravitas of being a player who was in the league for a long time, who won a championship in Boston, knows what it takes, and also is the kind of guy that just, you know, he, from my experience with Sam Cassell covering him during his time in Boston, and even covering him a little bit when he was a player on visiting teams, he's a guy that likes to have fun, but is serious about the game. And I think that these Celtics want to be that. They want to be a loose team. They want to be a team that can also focus on other things off the court. 
but one that gets the job done when they're on the parquet floor for 48 minutes. And the problem is people are seeing too much of one impacting the other. And I think Cassell will help them bring a balance to that. And maybe, maybe he'll also do a good job of coaching Missoula. How to be a better coach. How to say the right things. How maybe to not give the media red meat for them to, to question his job performance. So, again, a good signing all the way around. I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, <laughs> I love Sam Cassell. I love when, when he was a visiting player and people would chant E.T. at him because he kind of looks like an extraterrestrial. But uh, it's good that he is uh, back in Boston. All right, why don't we go into the newsroom now and get all of the news from Kate Robinson. The body of one of three men missing following the recent partial apartment building collapse in Davenport, Iowa, has been found. 42-year-old Brandon Colvin Sr.'s remains have been located, but the city isn't saying exactly where in the building the remains were found. Authorities say the pilot of a small business jet that caused some commotion near the nation's capital yesterday was incapacitated. NBC News aviation analyst Jeff Guzzetti says cabin depressurization and hypoxia, or loss of oxygen, is likely the culprit. If you're high at altitude and you lose pressurization, all of the oxygen molecules in your body escape immediately. It isn't like holding your breath or anything like that. You've got to be on oxygen within five seconds or you'll begin to lose consciousness. Social media has been flooded with posts of a sonic boom near the nation's capital involving the incident. Turns out it was F-16 fighter jets from Joint Base Andrews cleared to travel at supersonic speed. They were dispatched from NORAD to check on the small plane that was flying erratically. The jets even used flares as the Cessna went over northwest D.C. and through Virginia, but the pilot was unconscious and ended up crashing near the George Washington National Forest. None of the four people on board survived. Senator Joe Manchin isn't saying if he's planning on a third-party presidential run. Trey Thomas has the story. Speaking on Fox News Sunday, the West Virginia Democrat did say that people want to be governed from the middle. You listen to the left and the right. You make sure you leave nobody behind. And you listen to the the different persuasions that they might have and concerns. But when it comes, you've got to make common sense. Manchin's name has reportedly come up as a possible choice for a bipartisan political group called No Labels. The two-term senator also has not said if he's running for re-election. I'm Trey Thomas. The man suspected to be involved in the disappearance of an Alabama teenager in 2005 is being extradited to the United States. Joran Vandersloot is the prime suspect in the disappearance of Natalie Holloway, who was reported missing in 2005 and whose body has never been found. The process of transferring Vandersloot from Peru to the U.S. began last week, with Vandersloot expected in the country on Tuesday to face extortion and wire fraud charges. Chuck Todd is stepping down this fall as moderator of NBC's Meet the Press. He announced the news during Sunday's edition of the show. Todd, who has been the moderator since 2014, will become NBC's chief political analyst. Patagonia tops a list of the most loved companies in the U.S. The clothing company took the top spot in a new Axios and Harris poll. Costco, John Deere, Trader Joe's, and Chick-fil-A round out the top five. The poll ranks the reputations of the top 100 most visible brands in the nation. 
Prince Harry is set to testify in a UK court this week, making him the first senior British royal to do so in 130 years. Michael Kastner reports. The case is over a lawsuit he and dozens of other celebrities have brought against tabloid publisher Mirror Group newspapers for, among other things, hacking and unlawful activity to get information. The last senior royal to give testimony in court was Edward VII back in 1891 in a slander trial over a card game. I'm Michael Kastner. Meanwhile, after revelations about Prince Harry's drug use, a U.S. court will hear a challenge over his visa. His U.S. immigration records are about to be unsealed as the Heritage Foundation sues the government to find out if it lawfully granted his visa. American immigration law dictates evidence of past drug use is grounds to reject an application. The case will be heard Tuesday in Washington, D.C. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse earned $120.5 million in its first weekend in theaters across the U.S. and Canada. The latest installment in the Spidey franchise scored the second biggest opening of this year, behind only the Super Mario Brothers movie, which made $146 million in its debut weekend. In second place is The Little Mermaid, with nearly $41 million, followed by the horror movie The Boogeyman, with just over $12 million. In sports, the Red Sox lost to the Tampa Bay Rays Sunday, 6-2. to They're at it again this afternoon. Now for your local forecast from ABC6. Well, today we're going to be finally warming up. We'll be back in the 60s today, but we do have some of those showers just still moving in and out of the area. So we'll see moments of clouds and overcast, some scattered showers moving through the area, and we'll finally start to clear up later on this afternoon. Overnight tonight, 49 degrees, and for tomorrow, warming up back into the 70s, but those afternoon scattered showers return. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station for. 1920 WBSM. Right now it is 51 degrees and cloudy. I'm Kate Robinson for WBSM News. Stay up to date with WBSM, New Bedford's news talk station, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Welcome back in 508-996-0500 if you want to call in, app chat if you want to text in, open line if you want to send a voicemail in. And uh, we are certainly having uh, some wet weather out here this morning. So if you are heading out of your home, make sure that you, I mean, you probably want a jacket anyway. It's it's chilly out there. Uh, It's not going to get past 60 degrees really much today. And uh, we'll have weather like this for the next couple of days. Although tomorrow will be warmer. So if you if you have any uh, need to go outside tomorrow, maybe you can get away with shorts. But you're still going to want to make sure you at least have a hat because you will get wet. We're going to be out. Well, we won't be outside tomorrow, but we're going to be out of the studio tomorrow. We're going to be broadcasting live from Rochelle's in a cushionet. And I hope that you will come by and have some breakfast with us. We will also have a special Seize the Deal on sale for you at 8 a.m. at SeizeTheDeal.com. That's 8 a.m. tomorrow. So uh, hopefully you'll be able to come out and take part in that live broadcast. As I mentioned earlier, I will bring a microphone, an extra microphone, that I will have available 
for anybody that wants to come and take part in the program. So just like you can call into the show, whenever I'm out and about and on the road and at some of these different restaurants we'll be broadcasting from, as long as they're open. Sometimes they're not open to the public. Sometimes we go to a place before they're open. But Rochelle's will be open and serving breakfast, and we will have the extra microphone so that you'll be able to take part, just like you would have called into the show. Instead, you can come on up to the microphone and uh, and be part of the program. And I hope that some of you will. I hope I get a chance to meet some of you face-to-face. I got a chance to meet John, who calls in frequently, uh, at one of the broadcasts that I did at Yozakura Sushi. And I've met many listeners. And a lot of times, too, the, the, the people who are listeners to the program, I just happen to show up at their regular breakfast place. They're not even coming out to see me because I'm there. They're just there because that's where they go. And I think it's very interesting to find out about your, your routines, what you like to do, where you go for breakfast. And I've heard great things about Rochelle, so I can't wait to get out there tomorrow and try the food. And if you don't follow us on social media... We always, when we go out and we do these shows, of course, they're going to bring us some, some some food to try. I will take photos of them and I will post them up on the WBSM Facebook and Instagram stories. And if you're not sure how to get to our story, it's pretty easy. You just go to our page, whether it be Instagram or Facebook, and our profile picture will have a ring around it. When you click on that, it'll either bring you directly to our story or we'll ask you, do you want to see the story or do you want to see the profile photo? You pick the story and it'll show you all of the delicious food that we will be enjoying tomorrow at Rochelle's in Akushnet. So, and again, please, if you can, come on out, join us. It's always more fun when we can talk to each other face-to-face. One of the things that we can talk about when we talk to each other face-to-face is this, this Middleborough story. I find it to be quite interesting the young boy, Liam Morrison, who wanted to go to school wearing a shirt. He's a, he's a seventh grader, 12 years old. Wanted, went to school wearing a shirt that said there were only two genders. Uh, he was sent home. And then he went to the school committee. And he told, you know, he stood before the school committee and told them that the, what the school did violated his First Amendment right to free speech. Now, I just want to point out one thing. When I was in high school, I forget what the issue was. But there was something where we complained to the principal about the same thing. Our First Amendment free speech right being violated by some decision that he had made. And the principal, he was Mr. Burke, then later became Dr. Burke. He told us that our constitutional rights ended the minute we walked through the front door of that school. Which I just thought, first of all, is an astounding thing to say to kids that you're trying to teach about the Constitution. Secondly, not sure that that's entirely true. But thirdly, minors don't necessarily have the same rights that adults do. So... He had a little bit of an out there to say, yeah, you do have a First Amendment free speech right. But as the adult caretaker for you when you were in this building, you know, my guidance supersedes that. At least that would have been better than saying your First Amendment right ends the minute you walk through that front door of the school. 
which again, I'm not sure is entirely true. But in this case, you know, that's that's the argument that Liam Morrison made to the school committee. And so he went back to school. Uh, they had they had hired a lawyer and they were going to file a lawsuit against the school. And he went back to school with the same T-shirt covered with white tape with the word censored over it. So it said there are censored genders. And again, when he wore that, the school sent him home. Now, we can argue about this, and I'm sure we will. But I understand the school's perspective of the shirt that he is wearing can be considered bullying. That if you have students in that school that feel that they are outside of those two genders, wearing the school could be bullying. I don't think it goes to the level of hate speech, which is what is in the school handbook and why they are trying to keep him from wearing that in school. They say, you know, according to our handbook, we don't allow anything that would be considered bullying, that would be considered hate speech. I don't think it gets quite to that level of hate speech. But it certainly could be seen as bullying. And it seems like some students are taking it that way. But what I find to be the weird part of this story, and and Kate played the clip, and we'll have her play it in the news again uh, coming up at at 8 o'clock, but she played the clip earlier from, I guess, the grandfather of of one of the students at the school (sighs) whose basis of comparison was that kids wear Rolling Stones shirts to school and that they have the tongue sticking out. And so if, if kids can be allowed to wear that, then they should be allowed to wear a shirt that says there are only two genders. I, I don't see the correlation between that. First of all, are there a lot of kids right now in middle school? Are there a lot of kids that go to Liam Morrison's school, the Nichols Middle School? Are there a lot of kids going to that school wearing a Rolling Stones t-shirt? Maybe there are, because as you know, it's popular right now to wear band shirts, even if it's a band that might not be popular with the kids. If you walk into a store, you know, J.C. has got racks upon racks of them. Walmart's got a ton of them. Um, I'm sure Target does. I don't, I don't really go into the clothing section of Target. So if, you know, the, if there are Rolling Stone shirts out there in those places being sold, yeah, kids are probably buying them. But I don't know if there are a lot of kids that are walking around with Rolling Stones t-shirts on. But that's also quite a false correlation. Has has anybody ever been offended by a Rolling Stones t-shirt? Even when the Rolling Stones logo was new, and I forget exactly when the logo came out, probably early 70s, I think. Was anybody ever offended by the Rolling Stones logo? Such an odd thing to choose in making your argument. Well, they can wear the Rolling Stones t-shirts with the the tongue sticking out. What? (laughs) Okay. 508-996-0500. I'll take a break and be back in a few. 
And welcome back in. Just a programming note, uh, Jack Splane will not be joining us in the 8 o'clock hour. He's actually uh, on deadline. He's working on his latest column. Uh, we may have some special guests stopping into the studio, though, with an interesting announcement uh, a little bit later on in the 8 o'clock hour. But we'll also be taking your calls at 508-996-0500. And let's go to the phones. Good morning. You are on WBSM. Yes, uh, Tim, I just want to remind everybody of Fahaven, today's voting day, even though it's a lousy day, we need the older generation to get out there and vote this proposition override two and a half down today. We need everybody to get out and vote. doesn't matter what age they are. Yeah, that's true, but, you know, usually when it's bad weather, the older crowd doesn't want to come out. But true. Um, we we got to do it. There's more of us than there is them. They're going to stack the deck. This override is not uh, a guarantee that it's going to solve the problem. Got to hold them to the line and say no. Uh, no override. We'll never get it back again if they get this override this time. I, so I just want to thank you. Let me get that out. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. And, uh, yes, again, uh, you want to get out and vote today in Fairhaven on the Proposition 2.5 question, no matter where you fall on it. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Morning, Tim. How are you? Good. I'll be voting today after I get out of work here. I'll be voting no on that override. Seems to be the majority uh, of the callers today are are all voting no. Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of, you see a lot of, uh, a lot of signs around Fairhaven. You know, I, I see, I see a lot of them when I'm driving around and it's, it it seems like there's an equal amount of, um, yeses and nos, um, on people's lawns. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to shake, but we'll see. We'll find out tomorrow, I guess, or tonight, you know. Um, Regarding the whole the whole thing with the with the the two gender t shirt kid, um, I'm pretty passionate about you know my daughters in school and everything. I know I know you know that from our past conversations, and um, I, I feel like there's nothing wrong with that t shirt. Uh, I mean, if they're gonna allow these kids to walk around with tails outside of their pants, furry tails, and identify themselves as furries and everything else. And So, and hold on, hold on. A- astronomical. I, I've, I've, heard, I've heard you make that reference before, John, and, and they're yeah. not identifying as furries. What are they identifying as? Fur- animals. But fur- furries is a different thing. Fur- furries is a sexual thing. Well, that's what they're. That's what they are identifying. I have it firsthand. No, no, this 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 isn't this isn't a this isn't an identity thing. Furry is a different thing. Furry is where people dress up in animal costumes to have sex with each other. They're they're literally dressing up in animal costumes and identifying as furries. Right. People who people who are furries do not (laughs) identify as as animals. It's just something that they put on. To, to do, they, it's not a lifestyle that it, it's not. They're not. They're not saying that they are this animal. It's something different that they do. Okay, so what what are we so what are we classifying them as? I, I guess it's somebody that's identifying as whatever that animal is, but that's that's different than what a furry does. Okay, I'll have to I'll have to I'll have to look it, up. It, on, it's I'll, weird, I'll but there is there is a difference. Well, yeah, yeah, I know it's so it's definitely weird. Um, you know, but I from. Everything that my daughters talk about in school, it's, it's the, the new hype now is, is, is furries. And I don't know where they're getting that name from if they're not. Now, I don't know where they're getting that name from or that classification from if the kids that are identifying as animals aren't calling themselves furries. Obviously, they are because my daughters have no idea what a furry is. Well, if, if, a, if the kids are, they should, they should choose a different name if that's what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, but, that, but you know what I'm saying, though. If, they, if they're allowing these kids to walk around in costumes... 
animal costumes, tails outside their jeans, it's or, or or shorts, whatever whatever they're wearing or below there, you know. But how does that? How is that hateful toward people that feel that there are only two genders? Now I can see where that's coming from. That shirt could be distracting in school, and it could cause some uproar and everything else for the student body. But on a, on the same token, a kid walking around with a tail outside of his jeans or her jeans, whoever or or whatever they want to use for their pronouns. Uh, that could be distracted also in school. So if they're going to do it away, if they're going to do away with a T-shirt that says that there are two genders, which is scientifically proven that there are only two genders. I mean, if you have a if you have a, a, a penis, you're obviously a male. Well, there's a difference. A vagina, there's a difference between biological sex and gender. But go, but go on. Okay. Uh, that's what I'm. That's that's my take on that. I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna ban one thing, then they're gonna have to ban it all because. Uh, it's not. It's distracting to the student body for a, a kid to be walking around. Same thing with a T-shirt that says two genders. You know, I mean, I, I'm I'm like on the fence about it. I, I support it. I support I support the kid. You know, wanting to express his freedom of speech and on. But on the same side, it's like okay, as a parent, you kind of have to expect backlash if the kid. If you know your kid's going to be wearing that T-shirt to school, you're going to have to expect something because there's no there's no all these, all these, you know, these these schools nowadays, they're all very, very sensitive when it comes to that subject. So there's going to be backlash. You just have to, you have to prepare yourself for that. And I, and I'm pretty sure the the, the father, I know that I think it's the father. I don't think the mother's really has anything to do with this case, right? Uh, I haven't seen anything from her, no. Yeah, so I, don't, I, I mean, we'll just say the father, you know. So I've, like, I've I, just I seen stuff father. from the lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I know when it, when it first came out few months back it was it was the father was very defensive over the kid which is fine you know what i mean it's his, it's his son you know and if he wants to wear that shirt that's fine but what i'm saying is is if it goes to the courts if it goes to the supreme court and everything else like they're talking about it going it's they're gonna have to they're gonna have to like almost like you know, they're gonna have to make like an umbrella an umbrella ban on all on everything that's distracting in school well, I think you know what I think I mean? what what gets them on this one, and I, I'm just going to hold you there because I got to take a final yeah, break. Yeah, but I think what gets them there is that they have this clause in the school uh, handbook regarding clothing, and it says that anything that can be see- perceived as bullying. And I think that that's kind of what they're zeroing in on, even though they haven't given evidence of people who have said that they felt that they were bullied. Just evidence of people that said they were uncomfortable. But I got to hold you there because I got to yeah, take the fine. final break. Okay. You have a good day. And callers, hang on, we will get to you, but I do have to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. Um, and. We- Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.